There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S and today we are talking Handmaid's Tale. So joining me today is Miss Jennifer. Hello. Hey everybody. Oh my gosh. I watched this episode last night and I could not sleep. I'll tell you that. We're um, talking it's episode three. To watch. <laughs> it was rough. It's entitled Late and the little synopsis we get is Offred, Offred blah, 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 visits Janie. Oh my gosh. If I could read, we would be doing great. Obviously, it's <laughs> been a really long day. Oh, that's true. That's true. I just <laughs> pretend I'm living in Galid. Alfred visits Janie's ba- baby with Serena Joy and remembers the early days of the revolution before Galid. Offlin faces a difficult challenge. Okay, now reading that, that makes it sound like, you know, things were pretty much peachy keen. It was not in this episode. It was anything but in this episode. We found out so much. We're, we're finding out about the past through June's, like, inner monologue. Right. Uh, we find out that Congress was slaughtered. And it, on one hand, you're like, huh? And then the other hand, you're like, wait, that's bad. Uh, yes. Um so I guess there was a, and I'm doing air quotes, terrorist attack yes. that wiped out all of Congress. And because that happened, people panicked, and they ended up suspending the Constitution, which kind of led to this, okay, we can reorganize the entire structure of our society. And, and you know, you've got the hardcore, this this cult of Christians that have kind of offshot from regular Christianity, and they are blaming the low birth rates and the state of our world with the terrorism and everything like that, they're blaming it on immoral behavior. Mm-hmm. They're blaming it on loose women and abortions and they poison the air and the, and the water and the whole planet. And, and so they're, they're kind of of the mindset. If we don't get back to fundamentals and heavily regulate uh, everyone, and if we don't put everyone in their own little box, because clearly women have gone out of their box, they're pursuing careers, they're they're thinking, you know, like, and, and reading, and they're, they're getting ideas, and this, this is dangerous, as Gaston and Beauty and the Beast would say, <laughs> um, and we got to, like, take this back to where there are places in the home, oh, silly girl, you don't need to read books, you know, just feed me and the children, you're, you're meant to have children, you're meant to take care of children, raise them, oh, but you can't, so now we need a, a, a way for children to come into your home, because... That's really all you're good for is raising children. So, um, yeah, this episode was like, wow, I feel like I've learned so much and then and then some. And, and you think about it and you're like, what would happen if there were a terrorist attack today of this level? What would happen? And it's scary. It is. It is, especially because this new government, again, in air quotes, Yes. or militia, or theocracy, or however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. that they they overtake everything. And I would assume, okay, if the federal government's gone, obviously mm-hmm. you still have state governments. Mm-hmm. You would think, which maybe that's why they tried to revolt in Chicago during the war. I don't know. But it's so weird because it's little things. Like, obviously, June and Moira know what's going on around them. They're smart mm-hmm. enough to like they're watching t- the news or reading the paper or whatever but and i guess there are protests too yeah, and they're aware of it mm-hmm. but suddenly like they show them jogging and they go yep. to a coffee shop and you see like and it was funny this is this is what i was telling somebody at work to get them to want to watch this mm-hmm. they're jogging and they get this woman look at them kind of like with this disgusted look and I well yeah they assume that they're a couple is what i got <laughs> oh see i didn't get that 
Yeah, be, well, Moira is a lesbian, yeah. but June's not. And I and I think they went to college together. And Moira said, "Oh, oh honey, don't worry, you're not my type." And then they became really good friends. At least oh. in that, that's how it worked in the book. Okay. So she she's completely comfortable. They're both completely comfortable being friends, and there's never been anything between them. You know, that's kind of funny that you said people are assuming they're a couple because you see people jogging together oh, all yeah. the time. Now I might give them a disgusted look because I'm like, oh, I'm so disgusted, I can't jog. Okay, like. <laughs> I'm taking, like, four steps, and I'm like, I'm done. That's why I'm giving you a look, like, oh, I can't believe you do that all the time. But, I mean, they go in their coffee shop, and the normal lady there is gone and gives the order. And the guy is kind of, like, you know, a jerk. Uh, Yeah, he's, he's he's blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Very, yeah. But then, like, June's card's declined. And mm-hmm. she's like, what? That doesn't make sense. I just deposited my check yesterday. Can you run it again? He's like, come back when you have money. I was like, damn. Okay, he might yeah. be having a bad day. And, you know, Moira is like, can you just run it again? And he's like, get out of your sluts. So I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, I would have come unglued at that point. I, I mean, I might as well just go ahead and put on the give me my, get to let me speak to a manager haircut wig, which <laughs> Which is that mom haircut that everyone has. Um, but I, I seriously, I would have come unglued and I've been like, what did you just say to me? Come over off the side of the counter and we're going to talk about it. Right, because like, <laughs> I, I would have like hit someone. I, I, again, I would have not make it in this society. Well, from what we have seen, which obviously is just the flashbacks, there's no reason for that. It's like, what, what the hell happened? Yeah, it's like a dramatic overnight shift. Like, it's just... Boom, someone flipped the switch, and this kind of thing is okay. And then apparently it gets a lot worse, and I'm assuming same day. Mm-hmm. Because... I, I assume so, too, yeah. Yeah, because later she's on the phone and trying to get a hold of her bank, and it's kind of funny because it's like, there are several calls ahead of you. I'm like, oh, I've totally heard that message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, this time I'm never getting back. Yeah. <laughs> And it turns out she's at work, and all of a sudden you see armed guards come in. Well, not necessarily guards, but I'm going to just say militia because we don't know who they are. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe them. They come in, and and all of a sudden one of the other girls goes, oh, I can't remember the boss's name. He called a meeting. And they're they're all in the same room, you know, men and women, and he just keeps apologizing. He's like, I'm really sorry. they, They gave me 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. But and it's the law. It's the law. The new law. And I didn't know. And all the women, we have to let you go. And they're like, wait, we're fired? And they're like, no, 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 like, no we no, have no, to no, let no. you go. It's the law. And he just kept repeating it. And he looked really frazzled and upset. Like, I I feel, like, from watching that, that he did not want to do this. And this really yeah. was something that was like, okay, uh, you need to get them all out of here because this is it. And we're sitting here with freaking ak Oh, yeah. He was shaken, and I think he was a little afraid of what might happen to him if he showed them any sympathy, like, too much. Because you did have the guards standing there with the huge guns. I kind of felt like he was afraid for them, too, because obviously he, you know, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, something really, really shook him, and it wasn't just the fact that he had to scare or, or fire the women, I think, He may have been threatened, or he may have resisted, and and they told him what would happen to him if he he didn't do this, Uh, was kind of the feeling I got, because he was really frazzled. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you you caught it. You know, some of the other guys were kind of talking to the women, but not really. Most Mm -hmm. of them just were not making eye contact. Well, I mean, they got to feel guilty. I mean, and and they can't really do or say anything to defend them because they're going to get shot. And that (laughs) is weird because, yeah, let's fast forward that. Like, there's a protest later. Mm -hmm. It's it's assuming, like, the day or two later. And you see all the the riot police that Mm -hmm. aren't police. And all of a sudden, yeah, some guys come to the front, like, in front of the shield. And, of course, there's always people throwing stuff, which, with a protest, that always worries me because you know that's not the way to get anything across. Yeah. But It happens, yeah. though. And then next thing you know, they start opening fire. And thankfully, Moira and June were smart enough to start walking away when they see these guys walk out in front with the guns raised. 
Yeah. And that's that's when it's time to go. <laughs> I was in such shock. And again, holding a mirror up to society when you have, unfortunately, members of Congress who are like, you know, don't like all the protests going on. And they're like, oh, maybe we should just shoot them. Oh, yeah, because that went over great at Ohio State. Right. Right. Maybe well, they we just had attention. this huge to do in Texas where at the state capitol they were doing a bill to uh, basically outlaw sanctuary cities within the state of Texas. And there was a whole lot of protesters, a good number of them, um, having Hispanic ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they're they clearly, you know, brown, <laughs> mm-hmm. like my husband and, and my children. And, you know, they're, they're there, you know, say, you know, protesting the passage of this bill. Um, because, you know, a lot of Hispanics do have friends and family who may or may not be documented, and it, it breaks apart families, and, you know, so it's something that makes sense for them to be protesting. Well, something happened where one of the lawmakers called immigration on the entire crowd of protesters, and many of them were American city- citizens. I did see that. And then there was a scuffle. Uh, another um, congressman was like fighting the the guy who um, called the called ICE on everyone, and this is not right. And I, it's just crazy. And then you've got the one guy who, who ran and won the congressional seat up in Montana who body slammed a reporter yes. for asking a question, and he's still going to Congress. So I mean, you see these things within our own society happening right now in real time that could very easily make its way as a part of this show. And and that's, I think, why people really see that there is a, a relevance with this story. Well, yeah, exactly that, because a lot of people, like, even though you and I were watching the news, we're reading the paper, we're seeing everything like we talked about, you know, instant news everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yep. We don't see all of the laws going through. Nope. Unless you're weird like me and you watch C-SPAN and you watch them fight like children. It's kind of entertaining, but... <laughs> but still, on like a national level... Yeah, on a national level, you, you think of how much stuff that you really don't see going on because a lot of things happen in closed session where not even C-SPAN or anything covers it. And, you you know, you find out, you know, sometimes weeks later it's not even picked up um, by the news media that these things have been passed or presented uh, for a vote and things like that. So, I mean, unless you're, like, really, really, really paying attention and anyone who has a life can't pay attention 100% of the time unless it's their job as a political analyst and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I can't. I've got a lot of things that I've got to do in the day and I try to keep up. But think about the people in The Handmaid's Tale with all this chaos happening and think of yourself if you were a woman and you didn't have a husband, you didn't have any living male relatives, what would happen to you? Right. Because you don't have someone to hold your money. Right. You're not allowed to hold money or property or yeah, which was crazy when it's like, okay, the money is gone, but your husband or you, like you said, male relative can have it and you can't Mm -hmm. have property. It's like, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, I wouldn't be able to have my car. Nope. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, the bank accounts would be gone. I, I'm like freaking out thinking about this. Why this uh-huh. is what actually kept me up because of all the little things and how quick it happened. Yes. Like Moira pointed out, the bank account, anything that had an F on it, you know, as female, they disabled. Yep. Which was crazy exactly. that it could happen that quick because it's all electronic. It's, and, it was like one line of code to filter out the females yes. and boom, done. And it was like, wow, that could happen. And how crazy is that? I wonder what happened, so, like, from a social media aspect. I don't think that social media was a, as prevalent when the book was written. But I, I just wonder, like, if something like this were to happen today, would they just automatically force, like, Facebook and Twitter to go through? And anyone marked as female, boom, your access is restricted. You can no longer go on and read anything. Well, that's kind of funny because they, they don't mention it. So I'm kind of figuring, like, it's not that big of a thing right now that mm-hmm. they're not. It's not a social media world. Yeah. Because they're not talking about a whole lot of news either. Like right. The little things started being pulled back and like yep. not noticing. And the one thing that I thought was really interesting with Moira, Moira, sorry, she makes a point of saying they had to do this 
all at once and quickly because can you imagine what the airports would be like? How many people suddenly trying to flee? Yeah, and I, I guess a lot of people do try to flee because we do see in the first episode, June, her husband, uh, along with their daughter, are driving, you know, frantically trying to get to Canada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can only imagine. And, and and you're right, they would have to do everything at once because if it were just a little drip, 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 one of two things would happen. People would try to flee and get out as quickly as possible, or there would be an uprising of epic proportions. And, and it seems like the because they did it all at once, it was like, this is how democracy dies. Boom, you no longer have any rights. Right. And that's just crazy thinking about it. And Moira's raging, you know, basically at uh, June's husband. She's like, it's because of assholes like you, which of course <laughs> is not his fault because he's a, yeah. supporting them. He really is. He's he's one of the more sympathetic men in the series, and he is really, truly supportive of her rights. He even went to the, the march with them, I think, if I remember correctly. And he he makes little jokes like, you know, oh, well, you know, I always take care of you. And, and Moria's like, no, she does not need a man to take care of her. <laughs> Which is, I love Moira's character. She's just, you know, she's fiercely. Hilarious. She's hilarious. But then they're talking about the train or the bus, and she's like, oh, you're going to have to go to this other stop because this one shut down. She's like, damn it. And then, mm-hmm. her, and then June's husband's like, do you want me to walk you there? Yes. He's like, big, yeah. strong man. She's like, yeah, big, strong asshole. It's crazy out there. Like, exactly. So it's like, it's <laughs> kind of like you can rage at them because you're friends with them. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, they understand the other side of it. Like, uh-huh. holy crap, I can't believe there are men out there that are doing this. Yeah. Because obviously he wanted to get them out. And then mm-hmm. we find out that, you know, Martial law took over really quickly after this. And, you know, with the increase to our defense budget, and and you wonder what would the extra money go to since we spend more than the next six countries combined. Are you reading my mind right now? I I might be. (laughs) But I'm like, what would that possibly go to that we're not already doing? And I'm like, oh, he doesn't like sanctuary cities. He doesn't like this or this. Martial law. Right. And it's scary thinking about it. And what yeah, was I really think... frightening when, like I said, they were shooting the protesters, all of a sudden there's RPGs. And this is not something that you think would happen, like, in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, you you see how the Syrian conflict, uh, they were protesting, they were in the streets, and then Assad fired on the civilians. And that's how the whole thing started. And now half of the country's blown up in right. rubble. But talking about this at work, you know, they're like, well, how many people are armed in this country, though? Do you really think that it would be able to be taken In Georgia, everyone packs heat. Everyone. (laughs) Concealed carry is like a way of life. If you don't have a gun, you are in the minority, and it's a little scary. Uh, We've started getting road ragers that if you cut someone off in traffic accidentally because, you know, you have to exit – off the interstate and they've decided they actually had to make a law that you can only pass on the left hand side and if you're in the the furthest lane left and someone needs to pass and you don't get over you can get a ticket for not letting them by even though they're going over the speed limit to pass you Mm. so if you try to get like say you cut someone off accidentally trying to get off to your eggs or whatever i have had people rare up next to me get off an exit that they didn't even intend getting on roll down their window and shake their gun at me and then speed off <laughs> well you know well, how it is up here it's even worse yeah well yeah people if if people had the same like percentage of concealed carry in chicago that they do down here in Atlanta, I mean, people would die every single day because Chicago drivers are nuts. And I still drive like I'm from Chicago. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to challenge me? You want to challenge me? Well, look what I can do. I have no fear. (laughs) Normally, it's just me with my arms, like, wailing, like, come on, go do something. But whatever. Oh, yeah. And, And my kids tell me all the time that, you know, I'll put my blinker on and there's like no like opening in the lane that I need to get into. I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to Chicago my way in. And I inch by inch make sure that there's room for me to get in. And it drives my kids crazy because you're going to get us killed, mom. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I was meant to go this way. I say that to my husband all the time. Like, we're going to die. 
Um, I'm like, too many people have guns. Which, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's coming back to it. But do do you think that just because we have a nation that is so armed that it would... apparently doesn't do any good? I mean, if you've got people who have AK-47s and you've got your handgun, guess who's gonna win? That's true. <laughs> but I'm thinking, do you think that you would just be not just outgunned, so so to speak, but like so many people would suddenly be following like this crazy you know, religious cult, I'm going to call them, because that's how it feels. It, it really is kind of a, it's like a kleptoc- a kleptocracy, sorry, um, combined with a cult. Okay. Um, that's how I kind of, I kind of look at it. Um, they're very well armed. I have to think that this has been in the making behind the scenes as like a shadow underground movement, and they're just waiting or they they created the right circumstances so that they could take over and do this. Well, that's interesting that you say that because I believe they say it sometimes. Were there actually terrorists that did anything? I don't think there were. So you think it was kind of this group? I think it was a calculated move that, of course, ISIS and Al- or Al Qaeda or anyone. Anytime there's anything that goes on, I always wonder, you know, did they really do this? Because no matter what, they're going to claim responsibility because it makes them look good. Right. Their followers. So I can see this having nothing to do with any kind of terrorist group whatsoever and the terrorists taking credit for it openly and providing them the perfect cover. Yeah. I can see that, too. And that's even scarier when you look at Mm -hmm. everything. These kind of shows will really, like, mess with your head. And this is seriously yeah. what kept me up last night going, what laws are they passing that I don't really know about? What the heck could happen? Could I wake yeah. up tomorrow and have no money and all this? Well, yeah, I could. but <laughs> Because it was taken because I'm a woman. You know, it, it's just yeah. those weird little things that happened here that seemed to be, like, a trickle into a freaking tsunami, like, just that mm-hmm. fast. Yep. And and it really makes you think about how we've evolved as a people. I remember when I was younger, gosh, uh, freedom was by far the most important thing that you could possibly have. Give me liberty or give me death. And with my kids' generation, I have seen polls that says, oh, we're, we're willing to have a, less freedoms if it means we're safer. And it seems like that's a growing opinion among a lot of people in this country. And it's kind of disturbing because perhaps a lot of people in the handmaid's world said, oh, well, if it's what makes us safer and it, if it fixes our problems, we're, we're at the point where we're willing to try everything. Congress was just blown up. And I just wonder if it's just a bunch of people switched off, turned into sheeple, and said, okay, we're going to go with this because we have no other choice. You know what? I I can see that happening. And I can Mm -hmm. see it because after 9-11, basically Mm -hmm. our reality had changed. Yes. You know, everything on the U.S., we we had not been actually attacked on the mainland. Yeah, not since Pearl Harbor. Well, the mainland would, you know never had mainland attack on U.S. soil. And so a lot of people at that point were like, oh, yes, well, you know what? If this keeps us safe. And I I really feel like, especially in this kind of scenario, they were playing on that fear everybody had. Mm-hmm. And, just and I remember... Yeah, I remember 9-11 happened, and then they they did all of the Homeland Security laws where it, it gave the government broader surveillance capabilities of just regular U.S. citizens and things like that. And then we find out just how far they took it when Ed- Edward Snowden kind of leaked a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. And you, you wonder, okay, well, you know, this is a, a grievous um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, this, this, is, this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our privacy has been violated this is an abuse of power. There you go. That's what I was looking for. And um, either, why would they need to have surveillance on everyday U.S. citizens? But they did. And the Homeland Security laws kind of opened it up for that. So 
I got to think that and with people of the mindset, well, I'd rather be safer and give some, some of my freedoms away. But at the same time, when the government has that kind of power, they literally can go in and everybody with an F by their account number and at, at their bank is boom, you no longer have access to your money. So, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of allusions to things that have happened in our real life and things that are kind of going on now. And yeah, it's very, very scary when you see a TV show that is a dystopic kind of, um, of futuristic kind of show, because we're assuming this is maybe, you know, a little bit in, in the future. Even though this was written in the past. Yeah. Even though this was written over, what, 10 years ago? Uh, 85. Oh, wow. So even longer. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Wow, yeah. And see, I, I think of 85, like, oh, it wasn't that long I ago. I know. Was, yeah, when you tell it's like, wow, that's over 30 years, though. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you wonder the things that were happening when the, the author wrote this. I wonder if she thought that we would even get as close to it being relevant within our real society. And that's what's scary, that it is showing it. Although, Margaret... Atwood is part of this, so I mean, obviously, it's a little easier for her to update, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that they're doing that. You know, bringing mm-hmm. it in a little bit more, because yeah, there were terrorists like when we were growing up, but we didn't yeah. hear about it quite to the level. Whereas now, you're hearing about it more and more. Yep, and I can see this happening, which is crazy because then, like, we had all the past happen, the past, which is probably mm-hmm. our present. Let's really screw people up and let me talk about time this way. I'm going to go to yeah. Doctor Who. Go Doctor Who. And then we go, let's jump into Galeed, which is the Handmaid's Future, mm-hmm. which might possibly be the, the way our future is going. Who knows? Craziness. But we have June all of a sudden, like, stopping remembering, because she has to, to remember to hold on to bits of herself mm-hmm. and see how they got there. And like you said, you know, in the book, this is how we get the information. So I like mm-hmm. the way they're doing it. Isn't it all kind of jumbled around? We're getting, like, a whole thing at one time. Yeah, it's very uh, a stream of consciousness. And like I said, sometimes when I'm reading the book, if I, you know, think of something, like someone talks to me, like, while I'm listening to it, because I do audiobooks, um, and I miss a couple of sentences, and I'm like, wait, wait, what happened? Where are we at? Where are we in a flashback? Are we on present time? Are we in, you know, before everything happened? So, yeah, um, but I really like how the television show is doing it because they set the tone for each t- period of time. Yeah. You know that this is present day happening handmade world. And then, you know, this is in the past, but at the red center world. And then, you know, this is in the past, but before um, the red centers and everything, everything happened. So I really like how they and they, they have like little visual cues, like the length of her hair and yes. things like that to tell you kind of, you know, what time and place it is. And it's not confusing at all. Like, you know, right away what time and place that they're in. I was a tiny bit confused, not about the time with this, but all of a sudden when June comes back from whichever store it is that has pictures mm-hmm. and no words. Mm-hmm. And the, the milk and honey store, I think they call oh, it. Is that what they said this time? Because I know yeah, the one was fish and loaves. Fish loaves. and loaves and milk and honey and yeah. So Mar- the Martha, because I mean I guess they're all that's their names, but it's weird. Yep. Uh, all of a sudden, like grabs a bag from her. She's like, "Sit down. It's time for your lunch." And she's bringing her all this food, and and June's like, "What the heck's going on?" Yeah, she is getting special treatment. Wonder why? Like she's doting on her, and it just seems really strange. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh, oh, wait!" And she brings a flower and it's like two mm-hmm. white roses. And all and she's of a sudden, just there to see how she reacts to it. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, yeah, we have. Because June is now offered in this, you know, time frame. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. A rose is a rose except here. Uh-huh. And in so sleeps what Serena. Yes. <laughs> because they're thinking that she might be pregnant because she's late. She didn't request her sanitary napkins. <laughs> but it's just kind of weird. It's like, okay, it's, obviously they have yeah. to keep track because... You know, the entire household is keeping track, apparently. It's just weird. But we don't know how late she is. I mean, Martha does say she's only a few days late. Right. But you never know. 
But when you've got a society that is so centered around creating healthy newborn babies, I mean, I guess it doesn't become weird that everyone's tracking your cycle. I, I mean, it's it's still it blows my mind. I was just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm surprised if my husband's like, oh, aren't you off a little uh, a couple of days? I'm like, am I? I'm like, why do you know this and I don't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband doesn't know. <laughs> He's just like, oh, what are you getting out of the closet? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like pulling out a giant box out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> and I get only have so much time at each assignment in order to try to get pregnant and now, whoever she talked about the length of time in the show have they in the book they have in the book at this point and i want to say you get up to two years but you can be you can be dismissed for any reason before then um and offred is coming she had i i think one more assignment before this one and it was with an older couple and I want to say that there was a comment made that, oh, well, so-and-so, whoever the, the guy was, um, the husband at her old house, I don't remember his name, oh, I guess he's just too old and couldn't get the job done anymore, and, and she's kind of embarrassed, just like, yeah. But when she goes to this new house, um, Serena and the commander, they're, they're younger. Um, in the book, I think they're a little bit older, but it really doesn't matter, and she only has a certain amount of time, and, and if they can't produce a baby within that time frame, it's not just Alfred that will get in trouble. The like the Serena will also face consequences if she does not have children to raise. Um, and I don't know if they're going to touch on that in the series or not, but that's definitely something that they made very clear in the book. Oh, okay. See, I did not know that. Yeah, and Serena says to her that... If she doesn't get pregnant, they won't blame the commander. They'll blame Serena and June is kind of what she's hinting at, that it's not just June's neck on the line. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know that if they'll go there in the series, but in the book, they, they really, when, when she's late for her period, they're, you know, okay, well, you know, let's, let's hope for, you know, both of our sakes that you are indeed pregnant is kind of the line that Serena takes and offered just kind of like, oh. Okay, <laughs> and I and I guess you I guess you only get so many assignments, and if it doesn't work out, then something bad happens to you, and and we haven't quite gotten there yet. Oh, so yeah, I don't want to know. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because since Serena Joy thinks that Offer's pregnant, she's like being really nice. Now mm-hmm. I can understand because if you're, let's just say in our world now, you're tr- you're working with a surrogate. If mm-hmm. the surrogate ends up pregnant, you are extremely happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm seeing from Serena Joy. Yes. And we actually learned a little bit later on. Um, I'm going to skip ahead just a tiny bit here. How, you know, she tells Alfred, I was waiting. I tried for so long. And when I realized I couldn't have a baby, mm-hmm. we tried again. And I, I'm just, you're my miracle. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like you feel so sorry for her because you can see it in in the now. Like I said, with people who can't mm-hmm. have children who use surrogates, it's like, oh, my gosh, this worked. And yeah, so exactly. Happy. Exactly. And if you've ever wanted a child really, really badly and, and you ha- have had to go through the realization that you can't physically for whatever reason, when that surrogate gets pregnant, you're like, over the moon because you've worked so hard. You want this child so much. Um, the other thing that I don't know if they'll mention in the series is um, for why, like lower ranking men, they get what they what are called economy wives assigned to them, and they do the cooking, the cleaning, and they can also sometimes have their own children, and they don't really get priority for handmaidens or handmaids if they cannot produce their own children. So to be a higher-ranking man and the wife of a higher-ranking man means that you get the the higher quality handmaids or you know you, you don't even get one if you're you're not if you're lower ranking you, you're lucky if you get one so the fact that she even has a surrogate is a big deal you know these women who do have the handmaids okay 
So um, now they did the, kind of say something about Nick in the very first episode. They're like, "Oh, that's his driver. He hasn't been assigned a wife yet." Yes, yes, and the book gets into um, a, a little bit of detail that I think the series will probably touch on later. That so I won't say anything because I think it's probably going to come out. Um, but yes, uh, you do have to be assigned a wife, and if you're a lower ranking, you're going to get an Akana wife. You don't get a Martha. You do, you may or may not get a handmaid, and it's just your tough luck, and you got to you know play your role in society. Interesting. So yeah. <laughs> but speaking of society, and it seems like what would be splashed across all the front pages of the society section, we have all the wives get together to go dote on the baby, the new baby. <laughs> the new baby and serena baby decides to take Angela. she takes offered with her because she's like oh that'll be good right like mm -hmm. you want one of these this is what can happen this is good thing. this is what good you're bringing into the world this is how special you are yes but it was weird because she brought the baby over for offered to hold and mm -hmm. all the other wives are like is, is that a good idea now, come on, these women still lived in our now, so they know that women held babies all the time. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. just seems weird. And the fact that Serena says, oh, yeah, she, she knows how to do this. She's had a child. It mm -hmm. blew my mind that Serena knew that she had a kid. Uh-huh. Because I thought it was very much like, yeah, they know that she's able to have children, but knew nothing about their past. Mm-hmm. And she may even know where June's daughter is. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? That's not <laughs> stressful on me right now at all. I was like, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't encountered anything in the book or the show thus far that would indicate that she does. But if she knows she had a child before, maybe she does. And it's even weirder because she knows that the handmaids aren't happy with their lot in life. Yeah. And basically um, saying, like, you know, I know this is hard in all of you. It's like, yeah. What? Yeah. The the book expounds upon that. And I think the show will grab that um, and, and tell you a little bit more about how exactly Serena knows they're not happy with their lot in life. But, yeah, yeah they, they are not happy and everyone knows it. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Now I'm definitely getting the book soon. Uh, yeah. We do get to see Janine. And Janine has pretty much started going off the deep end, in my opinion. Yeah, she's a little. She'll, she was a little crazy before. She's a lot crazy now. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, the fact that she named the baby Charlotte just gives her a whole mm -hmm. different name. She bit the yep. wife. I, I couldn't believe when they're like, well, "Can you believe it? She bit her!" And I'm like, "Oh wow!" Not only are they treating them like dogs, they start acting like dogs. When she shares a secret with Alfred, and it's like, the commander and I, are he loves me. We're going to run away together. It's like, what the hell? What? Uh, yeah. And why would she think that? And I just thought it was... <laughs> is she just crazy or, yeah, or something? I thought, huh. okay, maybe this is like a postpartum thing. It was strange. Yeah. Was she invited to play Scrabble, too? Is that kind of the icebreaker in this new... Um, you know, civilization, is that the equivalent of swiping right now? I don't know. <laughs> but even Offred shares this with Serena Joy, and that's where we get, you know, that, that she knows that the handmaids aren't happy. And she's like, I think she's losing her grip on reality. And she's like, oh, that happens sometimes. Okay, this is not just a normal thing. This isn't like, oh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> this is like a yeah. big thing. And I didn't understand why Serena was so, like, nonchalant about it. But I'm, I'm guessing we're going to get more later. You will find out more about Serena later, and you, the way the show does it, you feel more sympathetic to her. In the book, I did not feel sympathy for her at all. Okay. <laughs> well, since I'm doing the show, not the book right now, I guess I'll have some sympathy for her later. Yeah. You, you, there's a there's an episode coming up. You're going to be like, oh, wow, that must suck. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I think we had something else that got a little weird and a little wonky off the rails, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because Offred gets driven home by Nick, the driver. Yes. And, you know, she's trying to talk to him to see, I guess, you know, what he knows or how he is. Yeah, she's trying to figure out Nick and where his place is and what side he's on and what he might know. And she just really, is he a spy watching her or can't he be trusted is basically what she's trying to figure out. 
and just randomly he's like, you, you know, everybody breaks. I couldn't stop them. And she's like, what? She just mm-hmm. looks up and you see that there's a van there. And I started to freak out. I'm like, oh, my God, what did he do? Yeah. So she gets interrogated. And, yes, Aunt Lydia's there. Yes. And apparently you can't use the word gay. Oh, no. Mm-mm. That, that is grounds for immediately being cattle prod electrocuted. <laughs> Not even that. I mean, she's like, remember your Bible. Or remember your, your scripture. scripture. Yeah, so it's very specific. Yeah. She didn't say Bible. So, yeah, yeah, scripture. I don't even think the Bible is allowed anymore. I think it's just certain scriptures. I know. Scriptures. That's why I'm like, okay, they pulled it very specifically out. And so Offred ends up going off on a little tangent talking about, you know, the specific scripture. She's like, I remember everything. And the whole thing they were asking her about was Offlin. Yeah, and they wanted to know, is, is did you know she was a ginger trader? And, you know, yeah, of course I did. And, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, she was my friend. But, man, she hauled off and whacked her in the face with that cattle prod and then shocked her a bunch of times. And I was like, what the hell is happening? This cannot be good for someone they're trying to have children with. And that's right there. All of a sudden, Serena comes in, and she's like, stop it. She, like, pushes Lydia off, which threw me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's pregnant. And, like, all of a sudden, she stops because she could be pregnant. And, Mm -hmm. again, because Aunt Lydia... Like, seems like this hard ass, but she kind of turns and, like, has that moment, like, has her hand over her mouth, like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Knowing how hard it is for these girls. She could have, well, lost the baby because of that. And had yep. that been the case, and I'm I wondering how that... that's going to play in possibly the next episode, would yeah. it come back on Lydia or would it come back on the the guy who we're calling the I? Because he was there uh-huh. questioning and telling basically nodding to Lydia to do it. Right. Um, Well, we saw what happened to the one guy who raped a pregnant handmaid. So I think that things don't bode so well if that would have caused Offred to lose the baby had she been pregnant. Well, that's why I think it's interesting because obviously she ends up not pregnant because I think it would be really early in the season for her to be pregnant. Right. But... If she says it because it happened after the beating, mm-hmm. so what if she had gone to say, I- I'm not pregnant, my period came, but it was unusual. You know, just something. Yeah. Like, what would have happened to those two people that basically did this to her? Yeah, like if she just started bleeding and miscarried right, right there. I mean, I, I think they would have been executed in this society. I really do. That would have been uh, a real turn because based on what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Not that it would be abnormal, but I think it would be abnormal because of, you know, them wanting them to be pregnant so much. And then oh, yeah. realizing that is this the, interrogation the is screwed goal. it. Yeah, this is the main goal for everything. And the reason why they have set everything up is delivering healthy children to continue the survival of the the human race. And I guess... America is not the only place that this is happening, Uh, but not everywhere has taken such extremes. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to ruin it. (laughs) uh, uh, You're going to make me like bite my nails and like I have to power through. I'm trying to do one at a time. So it's all fresh in my mind. So when we do this, uh, but we get to learn to, uh, like I said, the little secret comes out as Alfred is going to go tell Serena what happened. The secret mm-hmm. that, you know, they tried, and you're my miracle. And and then Serena was pissed. Like, oh, capital P. Sends her to her room pissed. That sends her, drags her. Well, yeah, drags her. <laughs> throws her in the room. She's like, this could be a lot worse for you. She just was, like, electrocuted, basically, and beaten. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're not even thinking that that could have been it. You're yeah, exactly. at her. Yeah. And and like I said, I mean, there are consequences for Serena if she does not have a child to raise in this society. Oh, so, God. all right. I will feel a little bit sad for her. But I, I yeah, kind of forgot about we won't, 
get that for a couple more episodes. But yeah. I've kind of forgot to mention Nick. He had brought ice up to um, Offred, and he's like, "I should have just kept driving. I we should I should have not brought you here. Just kept driving and taking you away." I'm like, oh, "Uh huh." Yeah, he feels guilty, and I think he is on our side. I hope so. Now that's we'll see. <laughs> that's the the main cast, and then we finally get to see Offglen, whose mm-hmm. name is Emily. Like I don't remember them saying her name before. I don't think they ever did. I think she was about to tell her what her name was, and then she got stopped for some reason. Well, we see her with her mouth covered, and she's in jail. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it's jail. And they go to trial because she is a gender traitor, which we've talked about, because she is gay. And there's no argument about her. It's just like, you're charged with this guilty. Right. And the Martha that apparently she was having a relationship with, uh-huh. which, I'm sorry, I think that would be a bad idea. Just, you uh, yeah. Keep it, everything to yourself in this society. But because she can reproduce and Martha can't, the Martha is hung. Just taken out. Mm-hmm. She has no purpose anymore. Done. Gone dead. By a crane. I was like, holy shit. Yep. Totally threw me off. And, you know, she's crying and they take her to rehab. Mm hmm. Reprogramming. And it's all in quotes. Uh, yeah. And then she wakes up and she tries to sit up. She's like, oh my God. Because finally her mouth isn't covered. Mm hmm. But then she kind of lifts up her hospital gown and all we see is like, bandage bandages and, and yeah. Aunt Lydia comes in and she's like oh you won't want what you can't have i was like i think oh go ahead i was i was shocked and i, I i'm like is this some kind of like uh genital mutilation that's exactly what i thought um, that you know to keep her from having any kind of pleasure during sex i mean is it going to be now even more painful to be raped once a month until you produce a child i just horrific like i was just like oh wow i i mean i might i i i gotta think a lot of people would be like i'd rather be dead than have something so personal taken away from me because they didn't take out her ovaries nope because the stitches were were too far down well we didn't see the stitches we just seen bandages but it was too far down and she aunt lydia does tell her oh the stitches will be out shortly and i'm just like thinking Oh my God! It really is female genital mutilation, is what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I mean it has to be based on you know the the comment that was made that you know you won't want what you can't have and the, the position of the bandages and things oh. like that. So I was horrified. horrified. I was outraged. I was indignant. This was like, okay, they've gone too far, and they're still going to make her try to have babies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think I just stood there like watching this, and my mouth was just open, and I was like. Oh, I don't know what to say or think right now. Yeah, it was just one of those like, yeah, it was it was a bomb dropped at the end of the episode, basically. And they totally showed that then because after Lydia leaves, they just it's probably a good I'd say what a minute of mm-hmm. all the different facial expressions and like everything running through her face and her brain and you know it's like she starts to cry and then she wants to scream and she's angry and. It's like exactly what I think everybody was feeling because you're like, oh my god, they they went there. Yep. And it was nuts. And let me tell you, so far through episode three, we've only had, I believe, a total of four songs, and they mm-hmm. use the music I, I, so perfectly. Yes. And and oh my gosh, because we had two in this one, which I think was has been rare. Mm-hmm. And it was just perfect the way it was just placed and what they had in there. And seriously, I have to give my hats off because I had not watched anything on Hulu previous to this. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is right up there with every cable show that I watch. And it's like right on par. And it's it's being it's, it's not only taking um, a, a, a book and it's very faithful um adaptation they're pushing the envelope envelope a little bit by updating it just enough to make it scary relevant they're putting in songs that we all know and 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 
they're juxtaposing them with these scenes in order to like really push the emotion home. I mean, it's a top notch production all the way through. It really is. And yeah, I have to give kudos to all these streaming services. You know, we're getting this for rather cheap compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, paying for other services. Yeah, I mean, cable is so expensive now, and the reason that Netflix and Hulu, with especially their original content, has been so successful is, A, it's not as expensive as cable. B, they have absolutely wonderful production quality with the shows that they've chosen to be um, Netflix or Hulu uh, originals. And C, the the model that they're kind of going on is – um, and, and more particularly with Netflix and to some extent with Hulu as well, but they're giving the power back to the creatives who are making these shows. And they're saying, okay, here's the budget. You, we like your proposal. Now run with it and create. And they don't have a lot of executives who think they know what it's supposed to be telling them what it's supposed to be. No, you have these um, film producers who are actually creating the the television uh, the the series, um, collaborating with the authors, um, even with American Gods, you see it where they're collaborating more with the authors to be true to the genre and to really create something extraordinary. And I'm one of those people who I, it's really got to be good for me to say, "Wow, I've seen something today. I feel like I've seen something." And when I watched the very first episode of *Handmaid's Tale*, and then I immediately watched the next two because they were available, I'm like, "Wow, I've really seen something." And I really like the direction that online streaming services are pushing television series to go because they really are giving more creative control back to the people who are actually creating the the content so kudos i love it and it's working yes it's definitely working and i'm i'm glad that they have this out because this is scaring the hell out of me and making me pay attention (laughs) well it's the perfect time for a series like this too all right so obviously jennifer and i like this in case you couldn't guess so we're definitely going to be around for the next seven episodes because there are ten episodes, not eight like I thought. I don't know where I got eight. I think that was my other show. I was I love with you. I'm like, oh, yeah, there are eight. No, there's ten. So we hope that you're sticking around for all of them. We want to hear your thoughts on everything on the show, on the book, how well you think it's translating. Fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find everything over on www.fangirlzone.com. We have the um, links to our Facebook and to Twitter and to the Gmail. It's just easier that way if you want. And Jennifer is over on Hollow Nine, and she'll be here yep. a lot now because I've sucked her yep. in. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but we really hope you're enjoying everything, uh, and we can't wait to talk to you more because there's so much more. So yeah, A lot more. <laughs> for episode three of Handmaid's Tale, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I've been Jennifer. Until next time.